there's a lot of information out there. Some of it's correct. Some of it's probably incorrect. But, Father, you know the fullness of the situation. And we ask that you speak to Addison's heart. Father, that, that you give her a hunger and a desire to reach out to her family and let her family know uh, what her situation is, if she's safe, if she's secure, if she's well. Father, we at, her family desperately wants her home. Father, we ask that you give her a desire uh, for that, if that is the best thing for her. I don't doubt that it is the right thing for her to be with family, but, Lord, we just we don't know all of the situations. So, Father, our heart and our desire is that what is best for Addison is done, and we ask that her family gets the comfort, the peace, the information, the knowledge that she needs. Father, if she's in, if she is fallen, you know, Father, if there's any works of Satan, and we believe there are any works of Satan happening behind the scenes to cause her to to be gone from home, we just bind those tactics of Satan. In Jesus' mighty name, we command those demonic spirits to release Addison and to let her go in Jesus' mighty name and that she be able to uh, be returned home according to her desire. And, Father, if her, if her mind is clouded and confused by Satan, we just ask that the, that the revelational light of Jesus Christ strike her mind and bring her in to the right place that you would have her to be in Jesus' mighty name. Now, Father, I know and I realize we may not be praying exactly like others are praying, but, Father, at the root and the base of our heart and our prayer is, Father, we want ultimately your will, your plan, your purpose, and your design for Addison in her life. And, Father, we don't want any heartache or pain coming to her families, her aunts, her uncles, anybody. Father, we just ask for your hand to be upon this situation. Give the family the confirmation that they need, that she's safe and she's well. And, Father, if communication is what needs to be restored, that that communication is restored. And, Father, we just thank you that your will be done in Addison's life in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Father, I just, I just, as I was closing out the prayer, I just had an unction. Father, we just plead the blood of Jesus all over this situation. Amen. Father, we just plead the blood of Jesus over Addison, over whomever she's with, over the, her family. Father, we plead the blood of Jesus. Father, that blood of Jesus cleanses all things. That blood of Jesus turns all wrong right. And, Father, we just plead the blood over Addison and her family in Jesus' mighty name. Now, Father, as we approach your word tonight, Father, I don't know exactly the direction that we're going. I don't know exactly how this is going to flow. I have a general idea, but, Father, I ask that you think through mine and Michael's mind you speak through our lips the very oracles of God. And, Father, that you bring revelational knowledge and wisdom and, and understanding to each and every person that hears and receives this message. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. amen. Glory to God. Well, you'll notice up here on the, on the table we've got um, a little character with us. I had to make do. I have one that, that's actually made for this type of sermon that I normally affectionately call Sally. But we couldn't find our Sally tonight, so we had to make a new Sally. So this is Sally 2.0. And Sally 2.0 currently, well, she's just a brand-new baby. She's a brand-new baby. She's brand-new into the world. She has never met. She, she just left heaven and just arrived on the earth. And you can tell... Um, that, you know, she's got some stuff going on in the brain. You know, there's, there's, there's her brain. She's got some marbles in there. So there's some stuff going on on the inside. And um, then you'll notice that the, end, that the, that the rest of her is filled with this wonderful water. Well, that water represents the living spirit of God. That represents our spirit. And so when babies are born, now keep in mind that we know some things and we understand some things that... You know, that there is such a thing as generational curses. 
and that spirits can follow family lines. But according to God and his perfect design, when a baby comes into this earth, on the inside, they're pure, clear, and white. They're pure and clear. Pure and clear. And every time they give a little laugh, they sprinkle a little bit of their life out, a little bit of their spirit out. And every time they smile and every time they giggle. And so they're constantly giving out of their spirit. And as they give out and they give out and they give out... And they give out, and they give out, and they give out. How much do you know? That water begins to get lower. That spirit begins to get lower and lower and lower. Begins to get lower and lower and lower. And uh, of course, we... A, of course, a, a young child tends to have an unlimited supply because they're, they've just, you know, they've just freshly come into the world, and they're still very sensitive to the spirit, and they, and they get refilled quite easily. Right. But they're constantly giving out, constantly giving out, constantly giving out. This is why as pastors, we're like, by all means, bring the babies into the sanctuary, get them under the anointing, get them where they can get filled back up because they're constantly giving out, constantly. So if they don't come into the spear, into the church, they don't ever get filled up. But when they come and they get in the church and they begin to worship, we've seen babies at just a, at just a couple weeks old. The parents will be holding them. The worship service will get to going. The anointing gets thick. And, 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 before, and before you realize it, that little baby in the midst of worship, that little baby's holding up their hands. That little baby's just worshiping. We've watched children with the praise team. The, 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 the scriptures tell us that God inhabits the praises of his people. And we have watched time and time again, small children will uh, begin to run up to the altar or they'll begin to point at the altar. And, they, and it seems like they're pointing at nothing. But what we realize is that they're actually seeing into the spirit and they're actually, they could be seeing Jesus himself. They could be seeing angels because the Bible says that, that, that heaven joins us. I know years ago, uh, you know, about four years ago, very shortly after we took over the church, when we became pastors, um, we, you know, of course, Pastor Mike's on the praise team and he was worshiping and I could tell that something had just occurred spiritually speaking. And so, but that's not the time to ask. You don't stop the service and, hey, oh, what's going on in the spirit, you know? So I waited till after service and I said, hey, something occurred during, I said, you saw something during praise and worship. What was going on? And he said, and at that time, the sanctuary was flipped and we were on that end and I used to sit on that side. And uh, he and it was a single row by itself on that side. And um, he, I said, something happened during praise and worship. What happened? He said, well, I was just singing and loving on the Lord. He said, and all of a sudden, I looked over and standing next to you was my dad. Now, his dad had passed several years earlier into heaven, into eternity. And he said, my dad was standing next to you, worshiping with us. He said, I saw him playing his day. And I said, wow, I had no clue. Um, so, you know, so we know that babies see these things. So when they come into a service like that, they see stuff like that. And, well, what does that do? Well, that allows... We've got our Holy Spirit on, we, we, we have our spirit on storage right here. That allows the spirit to come in, and that allows the spirit to begin to fill that baby back up. So that that baby can then get refreshed and refueled, and then, guess what? That baby can again begin to pour out, and 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 begin to pour out. Well, how much you know, we pour out all week long, too. But here's a little different. But, but things kind of go wonky with our world because we as humans, for some strange reason, I don't understand why Christians don't put a better focus on this. Instead of focusing on keeping this pure and clean, we focus on developing this right here. And we focus on, 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 put, on filling up the brain. And, and, you know, when babies are little, we want to fill them up with good, clean things. You know, open up our brain. But how much do you know they st we start feeding our children on not good stuff? They hear us talk. They hear adults uh, talking 
um, adult talk. They start talking, you know, adults are talking adult stuff. They are, they're watching TV and um, adult content comes on. And because they're just young kids, the adults go, oh, well, they don't understand anyways. It's no big deal. Right. They don't, they don't get it. So what's happening is they are filling their mind. I should have separated these out ahead of time. What they're doing is they're filling their mind instead of with good, they're filling their mind with darkness. And that's, you know, and you think, oh, well, that's just the mind. The problem is, is the fuller of darkness. Now, most kids get filled with a little, a little bit of everything. You get some good, you get some dark, you get some good, you get some dark, you know. And eventually, but what will happen, the more dark you feed on, how much you know, the more dark you feed on, the darker your mind becomes. The problem is, I want you to notice the mind is sitting down inside the clear. So what happens is what you put in your mind trickles down into your spirit. And when that, and, and, uh, when that darkness trickles down into your mind, from your mind and into your spirit, something begins to happen in this wonderful water, this living water on the inside. What begins to happen is the things of the world begin to creep in. Does that look quite so nice and lovely now? Not quite so nice and lovely. So the years go by, the bad habits go by, the family behavior goes by, they start watching, oh, they play video games nonstop, murder and mayhem and killing, and it just gets darker and darker and darker and darker and darker and darker. And And then we begin to wonder and we begin to ask, Well, what's happened to our kids? Because what should be clear and what should be pure is now dark. And if we leave them in this state for a long time, how much, you know, if we didn't touch this for a year and we came back a year from now and we dumped out Sally 2.0, how much, you know, Sally's container would be stained? Her container would be stained. And so this is what most people, when they come into Christ, it looks like. This is what most people, when they come into Christ, looks like. Go to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. I've got to get to Romans. You know what Romans is after Acts. Romans chapter 10. And we see this in Romans 10. Verse, um, we'll pick up in verse 8, Romans 10, 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that it, that is the word of faith which we preach. Both, both times you see word in that verse, that word is the word rhema, the spoken word. So when people begin to speak the word, then something amazing begins to happen. When people speak the word, instead of darkness hitting the mind, what begins to happen is light begins to hit the mind. Well, if light begins to hit the mind, then guess what will happen with the, with, as, as, as they hear and 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 they hear the light. Remember, they're constantly giving out little bit they're constantly giving out so they're constantly giving out and they're constantly giving out and they're constantly giving out they're constantly giving out but they hear a little bit of light so even though they're giving out at the same time if people are talking to them about jesus light is going in now how much you know they're giving out lights going in and there's not much change happening i mean there's just not much change how much do you know? It takes a lot of light to undo a little bit of darkness. It takes a lot of light to undo. I mean, we've added almost an entire gallon in, and it's just as dark as it was. This is why we get frustrated when we're witnessing to people, because it feels like we're not getting anywhere. Why? Because in their mind, there's still darkness. And that darkness is still trickling in 
to the spirit. Not to mention, we only get them for a little while. And right. And then they're back out in the world getting filled with all that junk all that All that darkness constantly. So what is the fix? How do we fix this faster? We can't. You and I can't fix this. The only one that can fix this is the Father God. He's the only one. Because when he moves in to fix it, he does something amazing. Let's read a little bit more. And I know, you're thinking, Pastor, we're the choir, we get this. But how much, you know, this will help you teach it to somebody else. And honestly, every time I teach this, I get a little bit bigger of a revelation of just the coolest work that Christ has ever done. I get a bigger revelation. The bi- everybody wants to, how much you know, everybody wants to see a miracle. Everybody, I want to see a miracle. Oh, I live in Christ and I want to see the miracle. The biggest miracle you will ever see is somebody being born again. Somebody going from this back to the original, perfect, clean clear spirit in a in a in a split of a second i mean it happens just that fast i can't make it happen that fast but the father god can let's read verse nine all right verse nine that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the lord jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that god has raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now he said with the heart. With the heart. Did he say with the brain? No, he said with the heart. Which means you don't have to apply the marbles. Most people are saved by their brain. Oh yeah, I believe in Jesus. That's nothing more than mental assent, and that won't get the job done. You have to believe it down here, down here in the heart. Here's where I equate it. We did youth ministry for years and years and years, and now working with adults, I still cannot think of any better example because most adults can relate to this example. Remember when you were a kid, especially when you were a teenager, and there just happened to be that day that all of a sudden you went up to mom or dad and you just looked at them and you were like, hey, mom, hey, dad, I just want you to know that I love you. And your parent looked at you and said, what do you want? Because how much do you know? As a teenager, you usually did something or you were sweet or you were kind because you wanted to go hang with your friends or you wanted some extra allowance or something. So you were always sweet and kind and then, and they'd be like, oh, nice of you. And they'd go, oh, oh, now can I go? But this particular time, you went to mom, you went to dad, you said, mom, dad, I just, I just love you. And they go, what do you want? And you go, no, Seriously. I don't want anything. I don't need anything. I have no request of any type. I just sincerely want you to know from the inside of me that I really, truly do love you. That's the center of your heart. That's the place that you, that you go, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe Jesus died on the cross. Now, when you make that confession, your head is immediately going to tilt, and your head immediately is going to go, how did, he, how did he get whipped to the degree that he got whipped and then live on the cross for six hours? Your mind is immediately going to tilt and go, how did he die like that and then come out of the tomb three days later? Don't know. Don't have an answer. Doesn't matter. The word said, the Bible said, you know, this person was talking to me, and when they were speaking to me, there was something on the inside that said, it's true. And I just can't get away from the fact that on the inside, I believe it's true. That's what this is talking about. And when you make that decision, when you make that confession, your brain, come down here and hold my brain for me. Your brain stays, actually, I'm going to hold the brain. You're going to be God. I'm going to hold the brain. You're going to be God. Your brain stays exactly the same. But when you say, Father, I don't know why, but down on the inside, that same place that I, that that down on the inside, that, that place down in my heart where I just, where I have told my parents in the times past, 
you know, I really do love you. That same place, I believe that Jesus is the, is your son. And I believe he died on the cross for me. And I believe that he rose for three days later. And I choose to make him the Lord of my life in that instant, in that moment. The Father God takes this and dumps it out. I mean, just this fast. I mean, he just goes, boom. And all of the sudden, faster than Sally's moving here. All of the sudden, that is completely emptied out and is now completely refilled immediately. I mean, faster than this. I mean, blink of an eye, faster than this, is immediately filled back up to the clear state that you were at your birth. Go ahead and fill her up the rest of the way. I'm but how much do you know, when we started filling her up, there was a little bit of residue. There was a little bit. If you were sitting up here close enough, you could have seen that there was a little bit of a, there was a little bit of a residue in there. You can see there's a little bit of a residue up here. You can see it. It's fine, Miss Bridget. It'll dry. It'll, it'll clean later. But how much do you know? And then, but now, here's the thing. He doesn't clean out your brain. Nope. All that stuff you've. All that same brain. Years. Oh, no, honey, you're making a mess. It's okay. It's just water. It'll dry. <sighs> it's a lot of water. It's okay. How It'll about dry. We some out. It's okay. It'll dry. How much you know? That same brain is still in you. That same brain. But how much do you know? You'll go right back to pouring out. How much do you know? This is a baby Christian. When your baby Christian comes to life, they get full of God. How much do you know? With everything in them, everywhere they go, if they're truly born again, that's them. Everywhere they go, truly, everywhere they go, they're telling everybody about Christ. They're telling repeatedly about Christ. I got born again. There's something different on the inside. There's something new on the inside. There's something fantastic on the inside. Wonderful things are happening on the inside. What's happening while they're telling? Their, their, their living water is going down and going down and going down and going down and going down. But guess what? If they don't change their friends, if they don't change what they're looking at, if they don't change what they're reading, if they don't change what entertains them, guess what happens? Guess what happens? You get contaminated all over again. So here we go again. Nothing has changed. I was going to say, you're going to have to pull it by its little tab. So what happens? Again, you get contaminated. And again, you're right back to that state once again. So is once saved always saved? No, because your spirit can get contaminated. But thank God, God gives us an answer. Thank God, God gives us an answer. Turn to Luke chapter 11. See, the Jews, having lived by the law generation after generation after generation, understood how easy it was to be overtaken by sin. They understood how easy it was to get back to this dark state. And so they, so they were inquiring, those that truly believed in Jesus, were inquiring of Jesus, Jesus, how do we, how do we, how do we respond to God? How do we have this fellowship with God in a way that's effective? And the Jews understood that how they fellowshiped with God was through prayer. So let's look at Luke 11, verse 1. All right, and it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When ye pray, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us, 
And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, we know this prayer to be the Lord's Prayer. But this prayer might read a little differently than the way you memorized it. Because most people learn to memorize it out of Matthew chapter 7. And most people are taught, this is the Lord's Prayer. You pray it every day. However, Jesus, right in Matthew chapter 7, right before he gave him the Lord's Prayer, he said, don't pray like the heathen with rote prayers saying the same prayers over and over and over. He said, don't do that. So wouldn't it be contradictory of Jesus to say, don't use rote prayers and then to turn around and give the Jews a rote prayer to pray? So that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. He said, no, what Jesus said is when you pray, pray in like manner. Pray in this fashion. Pray along these lines. We're not going to talk about the Lord's Prayer tonight, but basically, number one, Hallowed be thy name. Get God's attention. Call him out by name. Thy he, uh, he, 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 sing his praises. Yeah. So the next step is sing his praises. Give him some praise. The next step is pray out what he will. Pray, that's, the, that's where you go into supplications and intercessions. Then begin to talk to him about the word. That's receiving the daily bread. Father, show me a truth about your word. And, and, and here's the deal. This manner of praying is not something that's going to take you five minutes. This manner of praying is how you communicate with God throughout the day. Because it's going to take some time. Good. Uh, when you do it right, it takes some time. Father, don't let me get, you know, lead me not in temptation. Father, don't let me mess up. Don't let me make mistakes. Don't let me get over into the flesh. Father, help me to operate by the fruit of the Spirit today. This is the type of stuff that he was talking about. We'll, we'll do a big teaching on that here coming up in the, at some point in the near future, but that's not the point I want to get to. First, Jesus told them how to pray in their known language. But Jesus was not done yet telling them how to pray. Let's keep reading. Verse 5. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For, and this is at midnight now. For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are, in, are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. Listen, he said, your friend is not getting out of bed once he's put you. Your friend has children in the house. They're asleep. They're in bed. Your friend is in the bed. And you come rapping on the door wanting something to eat. Your friend is not getting out of the bed and disrupting his whole household simply because you're his friend. He's getting up and disrupting his household because of your need. God does not give, we're going to see in a minute, he's talking about the Holy Ghost. God does not give you the Holy Ghost simply because you're the friend of God. He gives you the Holy Ghost because you have need of the Holy Ghost. Because you are in a sad situation. Because you don't know, he's talking about prayer. Because you don't know how to pray. I can't tell you how many times as a youth minister and a pastor, I've said, go to the Lord in prayer. And my immediately re immediate response that I get back is, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to pray. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. How much you knew God, how much you know God knew that was your problem? That is why he gives you the Holy Ghost. He gives you the Holy Ghost because of your need. Let's keep reading. All right. <clears throat> Verse 9. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. Who gets it? Who? He said, he said, what did he say? He said, for a few people that ask. No, he said everyone. For every person that asks for the Holy See, he said, every person that comes to me seeking, every person that comes to me wanting to know, Father, how do I pray? What do I do? I, I'm lost. I don't know. Father, I don't know how to handle this situation. Father, I don't know. To 
every single person that he goes to the Lord that does that, he has the answer for them. When it comes to the Holy Ghost, I've had people say this. Have you believed for the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Oh, yeah, I wanted the baptism. Oh, yeah, I want the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Have you, call, have you asked? Yeah, I've asked. Then you have received. No, I don't speak in other tongues. Does it, and then they follow it up with, so I guess I just don't qualify. Are you born again? Did you ask? Did he not say if you ask, he'll give? He did. He did. Do you have a need? Yes. Yes. If you ask, won't he give? He will. Yes. So let's keep reading. All right. Uh, For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Now, now listen. When he said, if a man being evil, how much do you know our, our human nature, because our human nature is mixed with the DNA of Satan, how much do you know our human nature in, in equivalency to God is evil? Is evil. It's evil. The flesh is evil. But, because, but how much do you know there's, there's plenty of evil people that do good things? Have you ever heard people say, well, they're a really good man or they're a really good woman. They'll give you the shirt right off of their back. Well, how much you know? Well, they may give you the shirt off their back, but according to God, unless they're living sin free, they're evil. And if we being evil know how to give people what they need, how much more does the father know how to give you what you need? How much more? You just basically quoted the next verse. Here we go. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? Oh, now we figure out. I was kind of, I was, I was kind of giving out the end at the beginning. But how much you know? All of everything that we just read is about the Holy Ghost. He said, if you if you need the Holy Ghost, why? Because it's the Holy Ghost that will keep this from happening. It's the Holy Ghost that will keep the darkness. Listen, we can't help but go out in the world. You can't help but be driving down the road and see something that your mind should not have seen. I'm telling you. Just go to Walmart. (laughs) Wait till spring hits and people, wait till the middle of summer hits and people are out there mowing their yard. You will see some things you wish you're like, dude. You need to mow your grass at night or something. Put on some clothes, something. You see things. You can't help it. Going out in the world, you can't help it. So what you cannot help is you cannot help darkness from creeping in. You just can't help it. But what you can do. What do you need? I'll just hold on to this. Okay. But what you can do. I'll just hold on to the brain. You want to leak this out? But what you can do is you can begin to say, Father, cleanse me. Begin to pour water in there. And as you begin to spend time in the Spirit, as you begin praying in the Holy Ghost, as you begin to do spiritual things, it's a slow... It doesn't happen. See, this is why so many people get frustrated and quit, is because they've spent five minutes and they want to change. Has there been a change? No. Look at how much clean water he has to put in before before you begin to see a change. I'm going to do this right here for just a minute. He's just he's just praying in the Holy Ghost. He's not putting anything out. He's just praying in the Holy Ghost, just pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring. But how much do you know? As you're praying in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is cleansing this. He's cleansing it. And he's cleansing it. Hold on. Let it, let it run down. So you're pouring your heart out to God. Father, I'm so sorry for all this sin. 
Father, I'm so sorry that I've been feeding on the wrong things. I've been watching the wrong, mu- watching the wrong shows. I've been listening to the wrong music. I've been spending time thinking and meditating on my cares and my worries and my fears and my str- and and you just begin to pour your heart out to God what's happening the darkness is getting lower and lower and lower this is what you call hold on just let that dump out a little bit go to Ephesians chapter 5 as you pour your heart out as to God as you repent This is what repenting looks like. Repenting is the act of this stuff going out of your brain. Ephesians chapter 5. Let me get to Ephesians. I mean, he's got a lot to repent for. He's got a lot of darkness in there. A lot of wrong thinking. How much do you know? You've got to get your thinking cleansed. You've got to cleanse your thinking. He goes down here, uh, chapter 5, verse 26. That Jesus may... Ephesians 5:26 that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. So he you poured out and you've repented and you've repented and you've repented. And now the word's going in. And now the word's going in. And as the word goes in, something really cool begins to happen in the brain. Just keep giving us fresh water. As the word goes in and you begin to get rid of wrong thinking, as you begin to get rid of wrong, as you begin to cast out carry and cast out worry and cast out fear, and you begin to cast out all the, all the, the wrong thinking, as you begin to cast out poverty thinking, well, I can't afford this, and I can't afford that, and my bank account is always empty, and I don't ever have enough, but you begin to declare what the Word says. Guess what's happening in the brain? The brain is starting to look like that infant's brain again. Why? Because you're meditating on the Word. You're taking out all of the dark thoughts. You're taking captive everything that shouldn't be there. Look at that. We just cast it out of the brain. And how much you know? You've got to pick these things out. This takes time. Can you see this takes time? I mean, this takes time. This takes some effort. But the more you do it, the more you sit there and the more you talk to God and the more you repent and the more you let God cleanse your brain, Not only does your brain begin to transform, but your spirit begins to transform. Then you go back. So you're starting to talk to God about pulling all this stuff out. And then then you start to pray in the Holy Ghost. Back to praying in the Holy Ghost. Meditating on the Word. Talking about the Word. And it goes on and on. i got another jug over here if you're out. I know it. (laughs) Another one. Do you see that this is a slow process? You see how slow this process is? That's why it is? says the perfecting of the, for the perfecting of the saints, because it takes time, it takes like a time. lifetime. <laughs> it takes time. But so often, we want this to happen instantly and immediately. Instantly and immediately. But it takes time. The more spirit you put in, that's good. But how much do you know? The more spirit... I mean, it looks good coming out. It looks super spiritual coming out, doesn't it? It looks clean. It looks clear. It looks pure. But how much do you know? On the inside, there's still junk that has to come out. This is why the things of God are not instantaneous. Because as you're pouring out, God is, I mean, from the world's view, we look spiritual. But then we look at ourselves and we go, oh, Lord, we still got work to do. Praying in the Holy Ghost. And he begins to pour in more. And he begins to pour in more. This is what we should constantly be looking like. We're constantly pouring out. Jesus is constantly pouring in. How much you know if we keep up this pace, eventually what comes out will be perfectly clear, less just like Jesus. If we keep up the pace. And if we keep up the pace of cleansing our thoughts, how much you know at some point our thinking will become pure and clean, just like God. 
You know, God says, my, heart, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My words are higher than your words. It's because he doesn't have any of this darkness in him. It's because he doesn't have any. So, so working the word is a lifetime function. Now, in this darkness, I only used just about that much grape juice, just, 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 the, just the little bottom half, and, and we've used three or four gallons trying to get rid of it, and have we gotten rid of it all yet? Nope. So does it take a lot of God to get rid of a little bit of the world? Oh, yeah, it does. In fact, it even when you dumped it out completely and filled it back up, there was still a slight was, tint to it. There was a still a slight tint to it. Go to a, go right here in Ephesians 5. I want you to back up to verse 17. I want you to back up to verse 17. This is the process of being washed with the word. Sally's such a good, a good uh, object to help us. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what, the will of the Lord is. What is the will of the Lord? We need, he, Paul said by the unction of the Holy Spirit, really the Holy Spirit said this. The Holy Spirit through Paul said, don't be unwise. Learn what the Father, the Son, and I desire for you. It's really what he said. And let's look at verse 18. And be not drunk with wine, because that stuff stains, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. Wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. So when he said, be not filled, be not drunk with wine, he would, most people read this and they, and they use it strictly as, you know, oh, just don't get drunk. No, the, the world is wine to the flesh. The things of the world is wine to the flesh. Don't be filled. We could read this this way and do absolutely no harm to the gospel at all. We could read it this way. We could say, do not be filled with the world. Do not be filled on the world's entertainment. What well, does that mean? I can't enjoy anything in the world? No, God's not offended at enjoyment. You want to go out on the boat and have a good day on the boat? Go out and have a good day on the boat. You want to go watch a sporting event? That's great. Go watch a sporting event, but don't do it when your church house is open. You want to get out of there and shout and scream and jump and give joy and accolades to your favorite athletes? Go right ahead, but give the Father more. Give the Father greater. Give the Father it, it, more. The, the Lord knows we, we have First, need of rest and relaxation. Yes. But he wants us to give him first. Yeah. He said, the Father said, the Father said you need to rest every seven days. Well, every, he said even day. the fields need to rest every seven years. <laughs> You need to rest once a week. He said you need to rest. God's not offended at rest. What offends him is when, that you, choose, when you choose his given rest over fellowship with him. Because when you fellowship with him, he washes you with the washing of his word. He begins to clean and he begins to purify you. So he says, so we do no foul, no harm when we say be not drunk or be not um, intoxicated with the things of this world. You know, it's perfectly fine to go watch a movie, but don't go watch Satan's movie. I am floored every October at the number of Christians that will go and be entertained by Satan through demonic movies. I'm shocked at it. I'm shocked at how many Christians will be entertained by magic. That's witchcraft. That's idolatry. But yet we're entertained by it. Am I judging somebody? No. And judging people for that? No. Because once upon a time, I used to think there wasn't anything wrong with it. But I got in the Word and found out that that's the devil's territory. And so now I don't mess with that stuff. But why? Because I don't want to open those doors. He said, he, and what he said is, be not drunk with wine or be intoxicated with the world, wherein in excess. He said, basically, if you, there, there are things in the world for us to enjoy. Just don't do it to excess. Don't do it to excess and use your mind and be wise about what you do and how you do it. He said, but be filled with the Spirit. Really, in the original Greek, this, this phrase really should, should read, be being filled. 
it denotes a continual process of being filled in the Spirit. How do you be being filled? He tells us in the very next verse. How do we be being filled? Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. He said, he said speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns, sing praises and spiritual songs. He said, pray in the Holy Ghost. That's what he was talking about. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Sing in the Holy Ghost. If you're around me very long, if my mind, if I'm not busy doing something, you will begin to hear me. You'll begin to hear me. What am I doing? I am be being filled on a continual process. If you are weak in the things of God, it's because you are not be being filled. If your prayer life is weak, it's because you're not spending time in the Spirit. If you're, ha- if you're having a hard time studying, it's because you're not spending time doing spiritual things. It's because you have filled your mind with the dark things of the world, and the dark things of the world have trickled down into your spirit, and they've stained your spirit. And now you've got to spend, you can spend five minutes in the world, and you're going to have to spend five weeks or months in the Spirit. To undo what you did over here. That's just not good. That did, that's just not good math. Just, just resist for five minutes and then you won't have to spend all that time getting all that filth out. Now that was by the Holy Ghost. Because I had never thought of it that way. It's like this. I'm telling you this by the Holy Ghost. How long does it take for you to, for somebody to build your trust? Does it happen overnight? No, in fact, I just saw faces all over the house went, ain't giving nobody my trust. You can just forget that right there. But now once that person has built your trust, it's taken a long time, right? If they break your trust, are they going right back to where you trusted them a minute ago? How much do you know once that trust is broken? Let's say it took, him five, it took, let's say it took you five months to begin to trust this person. Then they break your trust. Is it going to take only five months to get their trust back? For them to get your trust back? No. It's going to take much longer than that. It's going to take much, much longer than that. Well, this is what the Spirit said. He said, when my people break my trust, what I heard the Spirit say, when my people break my trust by going into the world, it takes a multiplication of time to get that world out of them. So if you are spending, you know, for five, just think about it. Just think about it. Next time you want to sin for five minutes. Father, I just want to sin for five minutes. It's going to take you five hours, five weeks, five months to get that sin completely out of your system to where it no longer influences you. Oh, boy, that's not something I want to do. Well, that's all I have for tonight. That's well, what thank I have. God. Brought Jesus into the into the world and had him die for our sins that we could repent and ask for forgiveness and we'd be cleansed. Right. All right. Um, but the point that I want you to go home with is be being filled. It takes work. I want you to go home with this implication that this takes work. This takes work. Glory to God. While Thank I, you, Father. While, while, while I, I'm going to let you finish this off. I need to step away for just a few minutes. For, okay. I need to step away. Okay. You finish up. All right. Sorry. If you'll mute me, please. So, while I agree with where Abby said that it takes time, it's, it's, it's because Jesus cleanses your spirit. Your mind, on the other hand, you have to cleanse. And that takes time. That's where it takes time. That's where it takes studying praying and 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 spending time with god it takes time to clean that out because that doesn't just it just doesn't go away but your spirit jesus is going to cleanse that if you if you repent and if you turn away from that sin and ask this for forgiveness your spirit's cleansed praise god for that because otherwise we'd be separated from god but in order to resist going back into that you need to cleanse your mind 
That's why you read the word. That's why you pray. That's why you study. That's how that goes. Amen. So, well, that's all we got for tonight. But um, so I guess it's time for offering, right? So, um, and what? Oh, right. Oh, yeah, that'll work. <laughs> All right. Well, Lord, we thank you for uh, we thank you for being here with us, and we thank you for teaching us and leading us and guiding us. Lord, we uh, we ask that you uh, bless this offering, that it goes further than we could ever ask, hope, or think towards the doing of your word. Lord, we just know that that uh, this word will become rooted and grounded in our hearts, and it will grow in our spirits as we meditate on it throughout the week, and that it will grow and bear fruit in our lives and the, and the lives of those we come in contact with. Lord, we just thank you for this word. Satan, we bind you in the name of Jesus. You cannot come to steal, kill, and destroy. We are on guard against you, and we will stand against you, and we will resist your temptations and your wiles. We know better. And we and we can and we know that with Jesus we can withstand you and we will. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Amen. All right. Well, we don't have anything extra. Oh, we got prayer this week, right? Prayer on Friday. Don't forget that. Praying for the sick and for the lost. And then we'll see y'all on Sunday. It's hot up here. Man, that's going to take a bit to clean up.